Hello, and welcome to Workforce Insights with Employ Milwaukee podcast. I'm Shaitania Brown, President and CEO of Employ Milwaukee, the local workforce development board serving Milwaukee County. For those of you who aren't familiar with, with my career journey, I began my career as a probation parole agent, which then led me to numerous leadership positions in workforce development. Because of my personal experience working with those involved in the criminal justice system, I'm passionately spearheaded the creation of our reentry department to provide training and vocational services to those who are justice involved. As the established workforce continues to prepare themselves for retirement, leaving fewer skilled workers available to replace them, companies are now being faced with a labor shortage, making labor talent sourcing all the more important. And now more than ever, companies are taking a serious look at the reentry population as a viable solution to their workforce needs. These are conversations that was very difficult to come by five years ago. That's why when I hear success stories of people who don't let their past shape their future like Christopher Polk, I'm so excited to share their stories with the world. Now, Christopher is no stranger to the show. Many of you may recognize his voice from an earlier episode, but I thought that his story was so compelling that I knew we'd have him back on the podcast. And if you want to know more about Christopher's background or you'd like to hear of our previous conversation, I encourage you to listen to episode eight. But just to catch you up to speed, Christopher is a Milwaukee native who began his involvement with the justice system at age 17, but more importantly, took control over his narrative and utilized reentry program to put himself in a position to provide for his family. But I also have another guest today, Wilbur Holloway, who's our manager of reentry services and someone who I've had the pleasure of working with over two decades now as we continue to fight for employment opportunities for those involved in the justice system. He oversees a diverse por portfolio of programs and initiatives that are constructed to keep reentry at the forefront of workforce development mind as a critical piece of a labor shortage solution. So welcome to the show, Christopher, and welcome to the show, Wilbur. I am so delighted to have you two join me here today. Thank you for having me. Thank you. So I'll dive straight into the questions. Um, Christopher, I'm gonna start with you. Um, I really enjoyed you the last time you were on our show. Um, lots of people took a look at it and was happy to hear a success story. And those are the things that we live for. We can do programming all day long, but to actually have a live person come back, talk about their experience, talk about what the program meant for them and be able to share to others um, how you can break that cycle and change your narrative. So uh, we kind of touched base on this the last time we spoke, but looking back on your time in and out of the system, what did you learn about yourself that molded you into the person you are today? I learned that um, I have a resiliency that, uh, that just won't let me give up. Also that um, everything in life is just, you know, it's, it's a learning experience. So if you can look at the things that you've been through and learn from the mistakes that you've made, you can, you can overcome them. That, I feel like that's the start of the process with you overcoming and having a better future. So you mentioned about overcoming, just knowing that when a person runs your criminal background history, when you apply for jobs in the past, um, did you feel like people um, had some prejudice or scrutiny against against you because of your background? And then you talked about overcoming. What are some things that you did to help you overcome prejudice or scrutiny about your background? 
Oh, I absolutely felt scrutinized. Um, anytime I had to do a job application or, you know, like apply for housing, even like it was, it was, a, it was like I was getting put under a microscope and I understand like their feelings behind it because they may not be, they don't know who I am personally. So they're just going off of what they see on a computer, but that's not who I am. And it, it, it gets frustrating at times, mm -hmm. but again, for you to, for you to be able to overcome, you have to have resiliency. And if you can make sure that you're staying focused on the task that you need to do, there's going to be times where you get knocked down or there's a roadblock, but you know, you can overcome that as long as you just stay, stay focused and just don't give up on what you, on, on the goal that you're trying to reach. So my next question is for Wilbur, because Wilbur, you worked with Christopher and what have you learned from working and talking with him that maybe inspired um, the way that we introduce some of our re-entry methods. I think the biggest thing that I've learned from Chris is, is as, as he talked about the resiliency, but also looking in our programs, also having the voice of the justice involved at the table as well. A lot of times we, we develop programs and we kind of develop them within a vacuum without having those that have been impacted to have a, uh, a seat at the table when we're talking about these things. So having a, a voice that's um, really experienced and really insightful as as Chris is and others that we've we've engaged in these conversations it really helps our, our resources and our programming being as rich as we desire them to be mm -hmm. um, but then also I think still have an opportunity to have resources a lot of times when individuals are returning um, back home from incarceration they may not know of the resources so to have the ability to um, you know, expose them to resources but also have not only do you know the marking that we do for our resources, but also word of mouth for someone like Chris to say, hey, man, if you need if you need help, Employee Milwaukee is a place to go. So I think those have been some of the bigger things that we've we've um, been able to use is the voices of those that have been impacted, not only in, in developing our, our programming, but getting the word out about what our, our, our resources can do. Look, I hear I've been calling you Christopher all this time. So do you prefer Chris or Christopher? I prefer Chris, but either is fine though. Christopher <laughs> is my name, so. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I, I like for my podcast to be informal because it's a conversation. And so I okay. noticed Wilbur, we're calling you Chris, but um, Chris, so I believe that life is a collection of experiences and lessons. What is the most important experience you gain from working with Employ Milwaukee and Wilbur? Um, and it's kind of a two-part. And, and what about this experience which you want to share with some of your family, friends, or others who you think would benefit from participating in a reentry program? I feel like my experience with Wilbur was, it still is, uh, it's a great experience every day to have somebody that I don't, like I, some, to have somebody that I've never known or never met want to give me an opportunity that most people wouldn't want to on top of the fact that like, you know, I'm, I'm in prison. So I'm going through a lot of things at the time and He's not just calling for opportunity. He's he's calling a few times a week to check on my mental status, to see how I'm going and, you know, getting me prepared to really come back home and just reassuring me that, you know, the things that we're talking about, we're going to make happen as long as I want to make those things happen. Mm -hmm. And um, it was like, OK, well, if, you, if you're telling me that I have these resources and that you can help me get to where I need to be with these resources, then why would I not want to use the resources? You know what I mean? Like it's, there's a different type of appreciation for with me when it comes to Wilbur. 
I began this episode stating how moved I am by stories like yours, um, stories where people don't let their past determine their future, because we hear so many stories of people who get involved in the justice system and um, the keep, they keep going in and out. It can be hard to break that cycle. Can you speak mm-hmm. to the importance of perseverance? Like, what is that thing that motivated you to not have this be a revolving door? I mean, um, I was one of those people that was going in and out, in and out from catching my first case to getting ripped, getting revoked and mm-hmm. getting revoked again. And um, I didn't want to be a statistic. And not only that, but it, just speaking from a reality standpoint, I'm a father. You know, I, mm-hmm. I love my children dearly. I love my children more than life itself. And having a young son and a young daughter at that age, at the ages they were, it's like, okay, well, if I continue to go down this road, this is going to be a, a negative influence on them that they think is okay because I'm my kid's hero. Mm-hmm. So I had to make certain choices and certain decisions for myself and for them to make sure that my future and their future could be as bright as possible. So I feel like the main thing from a reality standpoint is my children for sure. So was that the light bulb that went off in your head is having the children? Like, what was that thing to say, you know what? I've been in and out, in and out. I don't want to do this anymore. Like what moment kind of hit you to say, I don't want to do that anymore. Really the the second time I I went to jail, uh, I was still hanging with the wrong people, not really making decisions for myself necessarily, just moving with the crowd. And when I went to jail for that, it was more of a like, okay, like this not the answer. This is not what I should be doing. Mm-hmm. It's other things that I can and should be focusing on. But how do I get myself to that point of wanting to do that or needing to do that? And I felt like I was there that second time. But because I was still in the environment I was in, like I had got out of prison and somebody got killed right in front of me within oh, wow. two hours within two hours of me being out in front of my house. So um, even though I had the right mindset to not want to do the things that we were out here doing before it still was the environment that I was in where if you don't got a gun you you pretty much can be robbed or killed like I was when I mm-hmm. right after I got out too and I feel like me that's why I say like with Wilbur because of the resources I was able to have I was able to get myself out of that environment as soon as I was able to get home this time versus me struggling and going to temp service jobs and having to work those Right. because I can't get a normal job interview because of my background so it's like I feel like it was really like that second time I was there it was like yeah no I gotta I gotta make better decisions but I felt like because of the environment I was in because I wasn't given fair opportunities like most it still was other things that I had to push through right and I appreciate you sharing that and, and Wilbur um, is there something you'd like to add to that yeah, Chris, when we talk about perseverance and the mindset, I mean, I, I like what you said, and, and you, you and I regularly have had these talks, whereas you have someone that's incarcerated that wants to do better, and they're thinking about changing their mindset, and these resources come. So for us, it's always the fact that the resources are accessible and they're available. Mm-hmm. But for you, I, I want you to expand on that, the mindset, because that's not necessarily saying that your challenges are gone. You still are, are juggling being a father, still juggling being... Um, and in and, and, uh, electrician um, apprenticeship, still juggling being on probation. So let's let's talk about that mindset a little bit further, because I think that's key. A lot of times mm-hmm. individuals are, are listening to your situation. They say, oh, he has it made. But that's not saying that the challenges are gone. So let's let's further that conversation a little bit more about mindset. What was it 
more for you. I know we talked about the kids. I know you talked about, man, this is my, my last time. We hear that a lot too, man. I'm mm -hmm. never coming back, but you made that determination and, and you stuck with it. So how has that looked over the last couple of years? Well, for me, I mean, you know, uh, well, I'm, I'm off probation. Now I'm not on um, extended supervision. I discharged off of that last year. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, um, as far as with everything else, though, I mean, yeah, every day is 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 something, you know what I mean? Honestly, that I mean, but that's life, you know, there's going to be struggle with kids. My kids are, are teenagers now, and then I got a little baby, too. So it's like, you know, every day there's there's something new going on financially, mentally, physically. But at the same time, I'm, I feel like I'm just blessed with the opportunity to be able to even go through that stuff. Because when I was in prison, it was nice where I used to just wish I could be able to have my kids crying and me holding them. Or, you know, one of them falling down, me being able to help them up. And, you know, in there, you don't you don't have any of that opportunity. You don't have any of that life, you know. So I feel like that and all of the struggles that I do go through, even currently right now, is is worth everything that's happening because I'm putting my best foot forward and I'm actually allowing myself to be able to go through this stuff and persevere and succeed through it. And I can appreciate you saying that, Christopher. I will have one follow-up question then, Wilbur, I'll turn it over to you because I know you wanted to ask. But, you know, I've heard you repeatedly say, um, and you referenced Wilbur in that, but do you think it's beneficial to have someone help navigate through opportunity, especially someone coming out of incarceration? Um, is, do you think that helps and getting a person on the right track is having a program or a person like a Wilbur to help you navigate through situations. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, he, see, with me personally, like with me and Wilbur personally, and, and like for anybody else, I feel like that would take the opportunity to like want to be in this type of program. Um, it's not just the, oh, you fill out paperwork type of thing and then we'll call you if something comes up. It's more of a, we want to get to know you personally because that's we feel, Wilbur feels like and I, I feel like the people that work with him as well feel like if we can meet on a common ground we we can be relatable to each other because you're not just I'm not just a, I'm not just a fella you know I'm not mm -hmm. just somebody that was in prison you know what I mean right. Wilbur looks at me like like a, like a normal person and like we we've got a different type of bond that goes beyond business and mentorship now and I, I feel like people in, in that type of situation, you really need that because like we all have like people in that situation, like people that are incarcerated, we've all had friends that are like encouraging when they, when it's time to do things that are wrong, but then when it's time to do the right thing or when it's time to move forward in a different aspect of life, they're not, they're usually not there. That's usually when those people stop being your friends or you stop being around those people, you know, you move right. on to a different aspect and they're not there anymore. And it's a reason why, you know what I mean? So, right. Um, yeah, I, I really feel like that is like one of the key factors of it, like being able to have somebody there for you and help you navigate through all the tough times. Because my grandfather passed away right when I was about to get out of prison and I thought I wasn't going to be able to make it to the funeral. But because I, had, I was in a program with Wilbur, they was able to make a phone call for me, basically, and essentially get me out like three weeks early so I can make it to the funeral and be there for my son's birthday. So again, it's like more of a personal thing versus uh, this is just like any other, like other programs before this or like the programs they offer in prison. Like this is, 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 is a lot better to have somebody help you navigate for sure, for sure. And I appreciate that. And Wilbur, I'll turn it over to you because I know you wanted to ask a couple questions. 
So Chris, let's 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 go back to when you were released in, in 2018. Uh, I remember you were working at a job that that really gave you a great foundation, but it didn't pay too much. So this is a two part question. Um, during that time, how did you keep going despite despite the pay? You had children, you had other things that you needed to to address, other obligations. So how did how did you keep going in that job despite the pay? And then what plea would you make to employers about giving um, justice involved individuals a chance to to work and prove their value? It's, it's kind of going back to like the perseverance thing. I had a plan already before I even got out and working at that type of job was part of my plan because my auntie owned it. She owned the business. So I knew if I got my certifications, I could automatically have a job, which would help me have employment history. It also helped me with um, like having to see my agent and stuff. So the pay it was a struggle financially, you know, having kids and, you know, not having a car and having to take them to school and daycare and all those types of things. But again, just having the opportunity to be able to do that versus being in a prison cell for years, I'll take the struggle over that anytime. You know what I mean? So that was it for me personally. And then um, as far as like for employers, I feel like if, we want as a society if we want people to be able to make better decisions and do better for their families like in a way that society quote unquote deems us to then how could you do that without giving people a chance to show that they can you know what i mean like you're basically <clears throat> you're basically outcasting people because of a mistake that they made um previously in life and we've all made mistakes some people just haven't been caught for the mistakes that they made before you know what i mean so it's like if you give people opportunity to show that they can do better and be better then chances are you'll be able to have more employers more employees you'll be able to grow your business more and not only that you'll be able to get to know people on a more personal basis versus just looking at everybody as a number or you know something like that Wilbur, before you go to your next question four, I just wanted to point out a couple things that uh, Christopher stated, um, chance to show that they can and to, you know, to do better and be better. I mean, this whole notion of second chance, a lot of these reentry programs are labeled under second chance opportunities. And that is definitely something that we try and promote to employers, because you're right. Early on, you mentioned about being able to get a job originally when you came out, temp was the only option. And temp becomes the only option for many individuals coming out of incarceration because as soon as they check the box that, um, you know, they've had some criminal offenses, they never make it to the interview process. And that cycle of a temp job, it, it does become very, very discouraging. And people are, the, the myth that is out there is that people don't want to work. I, I have yet to see a person come in our doors saying they don't want to work. We, I, I've never met that person just yet, someone who says they don't, don't want to work. And in particular, people coming out of incarceration, many are looking for an opportunity to be given a second chance to prove that, yeah, I made a mistake, but I can do better if given the opportunity for me. And doing better means that I become a better person. And so I appreciate um, those statements. And I want our listeners, and especially those who are employers, to hear the importance of being given opportunity for individuals who may not come with a, with a uh, Cinderella background, but definitely want an opportunity so that they can be better people, take care of their families, take care of themselves, and be a contributing person to society. 
Wilbur, I'm sorry, I'll turn it back over to you, but I just needed to point out those couple of things that he mentioned. And I can appreciate that, Shaitani, and, and building off of that before my next question, again, that is the plea to employers to be able to see them as, as individuals with value. So I can appreciate Christian's story amongst many others that have gotten a chance to show that with the employers and now employers are willing to be able to be champions for those individuals and be able to say, hey, I'm, I'm willing to get individuals a shot as long as they're willing to come in, be able to show their value and the skills that's needed for the jobs. Now we're, we're starting to, to get some momentum of employers willing to do that. So like I said, I could appreciate that. All right, so now let's fast forward, Chris, and, and talk about now, um, considering that you're, you're in the electrician union as an apprentice, how has working in the field with, with numerous jobs that you've been on um, helped expand your scope of becoming an electrician um, with the, the many opportunities that are out there? It, I mean, all the opportunities have been great, man. Like, it's, it's really just been uh, something that I, I couldn't even imagine. Like, I knew it, I knew this is what I wanted to do, but I couldn't imagine the joy and, you know, just the overall, like, feeling that I get from being able to go do this every day and the things that I learned from it. Like, when I finish my apprenticeship and then go get my master's, I'll be able to um, be able to become my own contractor and I'll be able to open my own business. And that's one of the goals that I want because I want to be able to be an employer for my community and be able to give people that second chance that other people that don't other people don't want to give and be able to give them a higher paying job or a career paying job where they have a 401k, they have life insurance, they have health insurance, and I have to think about going back to the lifestyle that they had before. And, and I would say with that as well, I mean, it's, it's also showing that it can be done. I mean, you know, considering this whole process, I know when, when you started a couple of years ago and you, you, you took your application, your your um, your interview and you were one of the top two out of out of the 50 that that went for the apprenticeships. But then you got with an employer that saw your background. And I remember you said that employer declined because of that. Yeah. The, the great part about that, again, and I want to go back to this is mindset. Because you said that that wasn't going to deter you. You was like, listen, man, I, I've been incarcerated and I've heard those no's when I couldn't do anything or I would react. But now you heard this and you say, you know what, on to the next. Let me find the employer that will take a, a shot a shot with me. And you did. So, like, talk about that process and, and how that went for you. Yeah, you know, like um, that process that a lot of the time that type of failure can make people go back to the stuff they used to do. Because it's like okay, well, I'm putting in all this work. I'm taking tests. Um, I'm taking applications. I'm going to get transcripts, um, paying fees. Just for me to be told, I still got to take background checks and I still can be denied the same exact way. Like a lot of the time people get so discouraged when that type of stuff happens and they, and they just go back to what they know. But for me, it's like, well, this is my plan. And you're not the only electric company that exists. You're just the first one that I was able to uh, do an application for. And, you know, unfortunately, but fortunately for me, it, it still worked out in my favor because now I'm with an employer that not only gave me a shot, but like it's, it's a smaller shop. So it's really more family oriented than the employer that I was going to work for, which is more larger, where they do look at everybody as a number. They don't even have a personal relationship with any employees there. So uh, it ended up working out for me anyway, because that having that type of mindset is is what helped me thrive since I've been back in society just really as a whole so yeah I, I feel like like with employers like that again it's, it's it's more of a thing where if you give people the opportunity then 
you can see that they can be better and do better. You know, like you said, I, I was the second, I, it was only one person that was a, a, a more qualified candidate than I was. And the employer still didn't want to take me because I was a felon. You know, like that, that type of stuff can be discouraging to, to people, but you know, perseverance is, perseverance can, can over, can beat anything. You know, as long as you stay focused and you know, this is what you want to do, you always can overcome. I feel like anyway, from personal experience though. Thank you so much, Christopher, for that. My motto is, I truly believe you can make, um, take anything that's deemed impossible and make it possible if you believe in it. I say mm -hmm. that all the time. That's the model that I live by. I say that to my children. I say that to individuals who come in our program. I say that to my team because I truly believe, just as you've stated, just because one person told me no doesn't mean that the world is going to tell me no. And that's where perseverance, determination, and all those things come into play. If you're focused on wanting to change the narrative, and it sounds like that's definitely what you've been focused on, is changing your narrative from what it was to what it could be. And you're living it now. And I like the whole, whole idea of you know going and, and pursuing your master's so therefore you can um, open up your own business and give other people an opportunity because like you said the bigger employer turned you down but it was the smaller employer who accepted you and gave you an opportunity and being able to do that for other folks who may be coming from your situation or someone who may be looking for an opportunity who may not even have um, a criminal background but is looking for an opportunity and may want into more intimate relationship so that, especially in the, the learning phase of things, because it can be scary when you're trying out something that's new. So mm -hmm. I truly, truly appreciate what you've had to say. So Christopher, I asked all of my guests this before we end our show, uh, what do you want your legacy to be? What do you want people to remember about you? I want people to remember me as the father that never wanted to give up, the father that always wanted to do everything for his family, because all the decisions that I made, everything that I've been through and everything that I persevered through is all for them. Like my son looks at me every day and now he's 14 years old and he talks to me about getting a job and going to college and like, and he's thinking about being either an electrician or, or a mechanic. And it makes me feel so good inside every day when I talk to him because I can see that everything that I'm doing, he's emulating. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm, like he, he, mm -hmm. he wants to do everything that I'm doing. If I was still doing the things I was doing 10 years ago, he would be asking me different types of questions that I wouldn't be prepared to answer. You know right. what I mean? Because I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't want my son living that type of lifestyle. That's the whole point of, re that's the reason why I stopped living that lifestyle. I stopped making the decisions that I was making and had to change my whole life around. So I feel like I would want my legacy to be that I'm doing everything for my family and that um, not just that, that I'm a living proof that is everything is possible. You know, regardless of whatever try to whatever type of stigma they try to put on you or whatever try to whatever type of um, you want to call it like a like a black ball, basically from like working or, you know, being able to get housing or, you know, all types of other programs because you're a felon, you know. Um, I just want to be known for my perseverance and known as a good father more than anything. 
No, that is very well said. Thank you for sharing that, Christopher. I can appreciate um, what, what you want your legacy to be. And it's so important for our children to see role models in their own family. And like you said, for your 14-year-old son, if you were doing what you were doing 10 years ago, his questions would be very different than where they are today. And I appreciate that from you. And again, thank you for your sharing your insights with us today. It's a pleasure to have you second time around. Glad you, you got your work clothes on. So you took oh, some yeah. time out for us um, <laughs> to come and, and have this conversation. And we truly um, appreciate, and it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Are there any parting words that you would share with our listeners, whether it be our experience to employers or just in general? Um. I just want everybody that's listening or everybody that's going to listen to this in the future uh, to just know and think positive, but not just when it comes to yourself, but other individuals that are around you, because when you give them positive energy, they're going to respond with positive energy. You're looking at somebody in a negative way because you think they're a felon or because you look at them because you look at them because of a racial difference or a financial difference or even a physical difference. Um, when you put that type of negative energy out there, it just creates more negative energy. You know, try to be more positive and have a different outlook when it comes to people on a day-to-day -day basis. I couldn't have said it better myself. Thank you again, Christopher. We appreciate you have, having you on the show. Um, thank you, Wilbur, for coming and being a part of the show um, today. And to everyone out there, what you put out is what you get back. So I appreciate that, Christopher. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Workforce Insights with Employ Milwaukee, where helping people live their best life is our business. Be sure to like, share, or subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. To learn more about Employ Milwaukee, check out our website at www.employmilwaukee.org. That's www.employmilwaukee.org. Until next time, be safe, be brilliant, and give it your all.